And our third segment here on the Six Rings pod today, we are going to get into the, what do you like to call it, Fitzy? I like to call it the Pat's Uh, This is uh, Pat. Yes, you you made a portmanteau out of it. And I, king of all portmanteaus, who has never met a hybrid word uh, or a dad joke that I didn't like, actually didn't really like that one. So we just kept it at Pat's (laughs) Potpourri. This is our little news nuggets notebook grab bag segment, Andy, where we get the rest of everything else that's been on our mind or on the mind of the Patriots mad fan Uh, storylines like the one that came out of Albert Breer's Monday morning quarterback. Uh, It's, it wasn't really a blog and it wasn't even really an article. I I would call it a tome. It was about 10,000 words last week, but we learned that little thing that you, I believe had supposed one day on the radio, perhaps with me on WEI a few months back that maybe Nick Cayley had been blocked from interviewing with the Raiders because the Patriots didn't want him going anywhere. Turns out it was confirmed by Breer. Uh, I just blogged that whole thing for EEI.com. The question then becomes why Andy, especially if he is stuck in the offensive quagmire uh, behind Patricia and judge and isn't going to get a chance to call plays. Even Dante Scarnecchia said he would have made a logical succession to Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator. Why did they block him from going anywhere? And what's his role going to be going forward now? Well, uh, the second part, I don't know. I, you know, at the time, I wanted to believe they would keep him because they thought he was the chosen one. That's why Mick Lombardi's gone. The other guy, like, boom, Nick Cayley is Josh McDaniels 2.0. He is going to ascend to a voice in the... Uh, I just haven't seen that come to fruition at this early point in OTAs, and that concerns me. He looks like the tight ends coach. He doesn't look like a guy who has taken a bigger role, a larger voice on the field. And it's quite possible at the time, I'll throw this out there. He's under contract. And also Bill says, I have no idea what my offensive staff's going to look like. I like this guy. He's a good tight ends coach. Maybe he can be like just the unknown of the time period might have been. Mm -hmm. Nope. I'm sorry. You're not going anywhere. I I, I might need you here. And now maybe he's also decided, you know what? This idea of me, Joe and Matt is better than Nick. And, and I know Breer kind of alluded to it wouldn't rule out. Nick Cayley moving on after this year, for example, right. like that's still a possibility. Um, he he has made it quite clear. He wants to ascend the coaching ranks. He wants to be a coordinator and, and probably beyond that. He's still young. He's still in his developmental stages. Um, but I would say maybe just the flat out time period this winter, Bill was so unsure about his staff that he wanted to at least keep one of the young developing guys around for another year. Yeah. Uh, do you think Josh, though, real quick, do you think Josh wanted to hire him as OC? And then when Bill said no, he just took Lombardi because Lombardi's yes. 14 years younger than Nick Cayley. Yes, I do. think. Uh, well, but Lombardi has a, a good resume. He's bounced around. He's seen things from a San Francisco, a New York, a New England perspective, offensive rooms like he's built some experiences that I think could be valuable to him. But if you just asked me. Just pure opinion, speculation, observation. Who would Josh more likely have wanted? I think Nick Cayley would be the would be the answer to that question. And is that only because he worked with Nick Cayley closer, or because Nick Cayley has more aptitude? Um, I think a lot of re- I mean, Nick Cayley can be very impressive. Let me just say that. Like you talk to Nick Cayley, he he carries himself well. He comes across well. Josh did have a longer period of time with him for. Five years as an assistant, as a tight ends coach, but I think a couple of years as just a lower level assistant. Like, so there's there's some good time invested 
between Nick Cayley and Josh McDaniels. So I would not rule him out moving on. Now, that would be another interesting storyline for us to talk about down the road, uh, certainly, is that idea. Speaking of coaching staffs, the the flip side of that I found interesting mm-hmm. when um, Raquan McMillan was talking recently about the the defensive staff because somebody was like, you know, there's a lot going on on offense, but you guys kind of have your group here. Like, they're back and that whole thing. And he talked about the respect they have for Gerard Mayo because he played the game and, like, the energy he brings. He's clearly can tell you a lot about how to play the linebacker position, defense, all of those things. And then he said, Steve Belichick, I mean, the last name says it all or something. And it's like, is that really how you want to promote the guy? Like, he has the right last name? Like, that was the first thing you thought about as to why you respect Steve Belichick? Now, he went on. He continued. I don't want to pretend that's all he said. He went on and said he's the cerebral guy who kind of sits in the background and always has an interesting angle or input. He tells you something. He clearly knows the defense. But I thought the way he phrased it the first time actually played into those that believe nepotism is a problem in New England. Nepotism is a problem in football. You know, that guy, last name says it all. Yeah, it kind of does. I'm not sure whether you meant that to be a compliment or not, and I'm not sure whether it is a compliment. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, you talk about like great American actors and uh, entertainers. You think Tom Hanks. Meanwhile, his son, Chet Hanks, is maybe one of the biggest screw ups in oh, America. So you don't have to necessarily D-bag. just he's uh, he's such a such a turd. What an absolute <laughs> absolutely dink. massive. Absolutely turd. Just the the the, the pit I an mean, absolutely uh, just an awful, <laughs> I hate awful way. It's just a blah. He's a blithe. Uh, but like Steve Belichick, you know, OK, so there's the whole like legacy of like the Belichick name. But. I think Steve Belichick gets way too much heat in town for the nepotism angle. And what leads me back to it is, okay, well, let's see, grandfather, football coach. And that's where Bill learns everything from, basically, right? And then Bill studies football. Bill plays. It's not like Bill was some amazing football player himself. What did he play, like H-back or tight end or safety at Wesleyan or something like that? No, he's an offensive lineman. lineman. Okay, so he's an offensive lineman where he gets his positional fundamental understanding. But he has studied the game basically from zero to today. And Steve Belichick basically grew up at practice on the sideline in the coach's box and now on the field with a clipboard, short shorts, nylon jacket, and a whistle, kind of the same way his grandfather and his dad did. So can't he possibly actually have a decent football mind and not just be someone who's been dragged to the mall like an eight-year-old, like, Ma, I don't want to do this. Stop. Like, like, can't he actually enjoy football and be developing into a decent coach himself? Yeah, the nepotism has never really bothered me. I continue to say, in every other walk of life, it's accepted and almost appreciated. When the plumber arrives and it says, like, Sullivan and Son Plumbing in business since 1912, mm-hmm. you're like, awesome. This guy grew up a plumber. Like, he has seen every evolution of plumbing. You take it as a good thing. Now in football, we're supposed to yeah, say this no, guy's seen a lot of shit. <laughs> Jesus, he's got to swear attack. every Again. show. Every show, but, he's got to swear. And I know Andy, and I know you don't like him necessarily, but like Kyle Shanahan is an example of that too. Like, did he yep. uh, did he start yes. with his dad in the NFL? No, his dad probably helped him get the job though, and then he became an offensive coordinator for his father later. But he turned out to be a pretty good coach. Like, it's not and it's all everywhere. things considered. Yeah, it's like, all across. Yeah, and the how NFL. about Wade, Phil- Wade Phillips? You see the Steelers this like, week. Kevin Colbert retires. Come on. They promote who to assistant general manager? Dan Colbert. Oh, that last name sounds familiar. Oh, that's because it's his dad who's the outgoing GM. Like, 
I'm sorry. Sometimes you just have to accept the world for the way it works, and it works in all businesses. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Rich, powerful men get their kids internships and work their way up the ladder. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, Jonathan Kraft, we accept it there. Like, why is football coaching the one place where we're supposed to be like, <gasps> or politics? Oh, no. Oh, wait, politics. If you look at all the presidents that share the same gosh dang last name, it works in all aspects of the world. It is, I guess you don't have to like it, but you certainly have to accept that it's just part of the world we live in. Yeah, exactly. And if Steve Belichick, for those who have speculated that he might not want to be there or maybe he doesn't love football as much, how do you know that? And why would they why would they think that? Like he doesn't his family's got enough money, I would imagine, that he's not for want of a couple extra shekels. He's there because he wants to be. So for anyone who thinks like, oh, no, the safeties or the defensive backs or the defense overall is being coordinated and called by someone who doesn't want to be there like, no. He's lit literally sounds like just because he looks like he's a roadie for Kings of Leon doesn't mean that he doesn't know and love football. He literally sounds like he was pulled from Belichick's rib. Like he was, he even said he's been studying audio tapes of his dad. It's to start the, the, the off season here. He even said in this press conference, they're like, Oh, so who's going to call plays or or who's the defensive coordinator? He's like, I don't really care. I just want to coach football. Like, and I think he means that. I I think he actually does want to coach football. And no one has a better insight into what it means for a family to be a football family. He grew up in it. If, if it ruined his life and he hated it now, I guess you could psychoanalyze this in a few directions, but if he, if he thought it was the worst possible career path, family path, wouldn't he go in a different direction? Probably try and get out. Right. Go be a lacrosse coach. Right. Some some pocket psychologist might say, well, the only way he can get his dad's true love and appreciation oh. is if, if he coaches football oh, or something. And that's the only way he can be close to him. Ah, there we go. There's the second one. Now we get that explicit tag. Hey, before we wrap up, guys, uh, even though I know it's a football podcast and there's a million different little small Patriots related topics we can talk about from receivers to cornerbacks, sound bites from OTAs, et cetera, et cetera. We have another one to record this week. By the time the second edition of Six Rings and Football Things comes out this week, which will be dropping in everyone's pod, feed, and or stream Friday. Game one of the NBA Finals will already have been played and will be well into potentially the next championship run for Boston, the city of champions, a.k.a. in Town. So I thought maybe we should all just go on the record and give a prediction here for the Six Rings audience, how we see, because I'm sure everyone that's listening is also going to be watching. This is going to be a hell of a series. It's very exciting. What do you got? Celtics in four. <laughs> My man. All right, Andy. What? I I have uh, I have Celtics in six. Uh, were they handing out wh- Were they handing out wh- Were they handing out whippets at OTAs today? What's wrong with being positive? I I'm trying it. to bring some positivity to this podcast because Fitzy sure as hell doesn't. Celtics in four. I got they have I got Celtics player of the year. They have the rising star in Jason Tatum. They have the badass coach who grows on me more and I more by him. the day, oh. by the week, by the minute. Oh my they, god. They match up well with the Warriors. They've played them well in mm-hmm. recent years. Why should I do anything but be a super fan like Fitzy for the Celtics here and now? The Celtics in four. I love it. I'm into you it. You bleed green, Andy. I love. Lo- we love to hear it. No, they do match up well with them. Uh, Ime Odoka could run for office right now anywhere in the region of New England, and he could win that political position. The man is absolutely on fire. There's nothing any sports fan of the region that's been healed in Belichickian speak wanted to hear more than 
post game saying this is the Boston Celtics organization. We don't celebrate Eastern Conference championships. Oh. I was like, that's my coach. <laughs> I uh, love you. I love you so much. Yeah. Also, you brought me along into the family. Oh, I love hell you so yes. much. Oh, it's and, a win in so and, many ways. Oh, so, so great. I got Celtics in seven. It's an all-time series. And much like Kyrie and LeBron in game seven out in Dub Nation on the West Coast, the Celtics get it done because it's the Road Warriors versus the Golden State Warriors. And I think they'll take it in seven. It's going to be an all-time series. And this meeting of the Al Horford Appreciation Society, who I just absolutely love, that moment of him crying on the court at the end of Game 7 in Miami was a total vibe. But this meeting has been adjourned. Wait, did Shai make his pick? Yeah, I said Celtics in six. Celtics in six, Celtics in seven, and me, yeah. the most optimistic person. Celtics right. and four. You were too busy doing your shitty rock impersonation. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. We don't swear on this Yikes. podcast, you jackal. We're going to have to kick Fitzy off before we get banned Holy to the explicit smokes. lists of the uh, podcast world. Either that or just to embrace it and go all in and just go flat out hardcore and say every dirty Do word it. in the book. You know my motto, steer into it, kid. <laughs> okay. That's Fitzy. That's Shime. I'm Andy Hart. This has been another scintillating, random Celtics-filled edition of the Six Rings podcast. <laughs> do they have a pod? Maybe we could do a podcast for them. We'll call it the uh, 18 Banners because, you know, I got them winning in four. You got them in six and seven. They're all winning. So Six Rings pod could give birth to 18 Banners. We'll be back later in the week to talk a little bit more about OTAs. I have some leftover thoughts, including some great quotes about food out of Foxborough. And we will also be talking about, I guess, the Celtics series and the way Bill Belichick is supporting it because he did actually start his press conference today talking Celtics. So we finished there. He started there. And that's going to put a wrap on another six, pink, six rings pod. Yes. And don't worry, everybody. I'll be steering the ship in the next episode so it'll stay on course. Good night. Right it's been fun. Iceberg. See ya. Bye. Bye. Never, never, ever.